Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome into the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by Drift Car Sharing. I'm Henry Chisholm. And huh, I don't, every day when I say that, I think like, huh, should I go by Hank sometimes? Because like a lot of people call me Hank, but I rarely call myself Hank. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'll try introducing myself as Hank sometime in the future. Huh. I really de- derailed this intro quickly, though. Uh, that's a hot start. Um, today's going to be a uh, interesting show. If you listen to yesterday's podcast, you remember how excited I was to have really figured out a plan for the next 10 days of my life. Well, uh, guess what? That plan was just totally destroyed um, like 12 hours later. So, so that's pretty cool. But also that's kind of how this job works where everything's very fluid and... Uh, kind of a mess. Um, it was supposed to be a draft podcast today. Uh, me and Andre and AJ. Somehow AJ wound up in Minnesota to cover the avalanche versus the wild hockey game that's tonight, Thursday night. Um, you know, his job, his real job and his secondary job is talking with us when he's free. I don't know when that happened because I heard yesterday that he was trying to get on the podcast and then today he's in Minnesota. So... Not really sure what happened there. And then Dre texted me today and said that he had some something come up, uh, some emergency come up, and he was going to be out of the office and unable to do a draft pod today. Uh, he said he might be able to do it tomorrow afternoon. We're going to see if we can make that happen because uh, that Tua injury is something that we really need to talk about. Uh, huge news, but this isn't really the place for it because we only talk about Alabama on this podcast when we're stealing their five-star recruits. So uh, we'll get to Tua when Andre comes back. Um, yeah, so that's kind of what's happening here. Um, I said start to... Oh, actually, this is all going to be your guys' questions. I'm kind of excited. I put a tweet out earlier saying just like throw whatever you want out there. I'll answer all the questions. And like if it's a long podcast, it's a long podcast. If it's a short podcast, it's a short podcast. And we're just going to talk about what you guys want to talk about. Um, Excited about that. I feel like if we're doing an extra buffs pod instead of a draft pod this week, might as well make it a fun one. Um, And so that's what we did. Went to Twitter for these questions and heard from a lot of the people who usually just comment on the podcast so that's fun um i think that that's pretty much everything today is thursday i should get to a couple notes before we start talking about 
the more fun things that you want to talk about. Actually, no, we're going to start with the most fun thing. And that is that the Buff soccer team is playing tomorrow, Friday, at 4 o'clock in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, the home of the North Carolina Tar Heels. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Hopefully, hopefully the Buffs win, of course. That's what we're cheering for. It's the second round of the NCAA tournament. They get them into the Sweet 16. I'm not sure if they come up with their own clever name for that or they just take like the already established, very good name, Sweet 16, and poach it from basketball. That's what I'd do. I'm not going to hate if that's the case. But how huge would that be for this soccer program? Get that. They have a top 10 recruiting class coming in next year. But North Carolina is a very good soccer team. Ranked second in the country. Um, very good throughout the roster, as you'd expect. 19 wins, one loss, one draw this season. I don't know if that even counts their first round win in the tournament. I don't know. But, uh, oh, phone call. Not answering that right now. Okay, there we go. Um, oh, yeah, it's it's going to be a lot of fun to watch because it'd be such a huge win. And these games are so much fun. It's at 4 o'clock tomorrow. Uh, I'll be watching... I don't know. You should watch it. You should get hyped. It's going to be so much fun is the point. That's tomorrow on Friday. Um, also, Friday morning, tomorrow morning, I will be up in Boulder at basketball practice, so I'll have some things from that to talk about and write about. And if you guys haven't subscribed, you should definitely subscribe. If you use the code HANK, then I get points. Um, we're always looking for new members. And, and getting to comment today and leave questions today, which is a lot of fun on Twitter, you could do every single day, five days a week and basically run this pocket. I mean, you could take like Silver Buff's throne of just dictating last segment content. There are a couple guys who are kind of catching up. But uh, yeah, so there's that as well. And then Saturday, something that I have not mentioned all week, even though I went to the press conference, but uh, the NCAA National Championships for cross country are Saturday. The men's team is ranked third in the country. I think the women are ranked 10th in the country. Both kind of have uphill battles. There's a Northern Arizona, very good cross country school historically, is still ranked first for the men. That's where you think there's a path, but uh, worth keeping an eye on. It'd be cool to pull in a national championship. The women won the national championship last year, but then lost their two top runners. Um, I heard it's a good course, it's a fair course. They like that course, it plays well to what the buffs do. I don't know what any of that means. I don't run. If you told me to just like run in a direction, I would just run in that direction. And they're talking about like the strategy and stuff. I don't know. I bet it's all super interesting. It's something that we're going to have to dig into at some point, but not in time for the national championship, which is too bad. Uh, that's the other thing going on Saturday, of course, football game Saturday night. Um, yeah, that those are the notes. That took way too long, and I uh, would really like to just get to all of your questions. Okay, um, eight in so far. We'll see if a couple more trickle in. It's been this like my post asking for questions came out like an hour ago. Um, let's just start at the top with Michael Harrison, who you may remember from asking questions on the podcast typically. And he has a whole list. And I think that this is going to be a quick way to get this thing started. First, what's your best and worst Tinder story? See, that's tough. Because a lot of the time, the best and the worst stories are very similar. Like, they're the same thing. Like, the, the stories that are the best to tell are the ones that also ended horribly for you. 
I think on Friday, I talked about the one with the volleyball player. I matched with a volleyball player, the University of Montana. Didn't think that I would ever be covering volleyball because I was like the football reporter up there and the seasons are at the same time. And uh, so I was like, yeah, it's okay to match with her. That's fine. Uh, That weekend, like not four days later, I get asked to go cover a volleyball match and it's awkward and the I tell like the photographer what's going on because you have to tell the photographer that um like it's a fun little story what's going on like a little subplot I'm, me and her have this awkward thing going on and he writes in his notebook uh number five and circles it just so that he'll remember so he can take a picture. I don't really know forgets his notebook on top of like the the scores table on the sideline and he goes back to take some pictures three possessions in four possessions in the ball comes flying at my face she sprints over, runs in the table, slams it into my kneecaps. I like fall backwards. The notebook falls onto the ground. She picks it up. She puts it back on the table. I'm not sure if she saw that her number was circled on it, but she definitely knew. I mean, she looked me in the eye. I think that was the first time she realized that we had matched just a few days earlier. And uh, yeah, so that was definitely like the best story. Also the worst. Photographer got a picture that I definitely didn't post last time when I said I was going to post it when I told the story. Um, now she's like their best player. That game she set career highs and like kills and assists. And uh, I had to interview her after, which was cool. And then the football coach, Bobby Houck, said uh, I shouldn't even need Tinder. I could just walk across campus and get a girl. And I was like, that's not true. Not true at all. But I appreciate it. And so then I put that quote from Bobby Houck in my Tinder bio Um, and so that was that whole story, probably my favorite story, best and worst. Um, there are more Tinder questions to come though, and we don't need to spend (laughs) too much time talking about my Tinder. Um, oh, he follows up with, did you end up trying other dating apps? Yes. I have been active on plenty of dating apps. Um, I've tried Hinge, which I guess is more suited toward people like me, uh, who are just like looking for like relationships not that I could have a girlfriend at this point in my life like like I said yesterday like I kind of want to get a plant just to test out if I could have a girlfriend at this point in my life and I think the answer is probably going to be no but now that the season is kind of winding down I'm going to have a little bit more free time it's something that I could at least like try so hinge is what I've been told fits me better it fits like the kind of girl that I'm trying to find better if you're a girl who's on tinder no offense about that by the way if you're on hinge also like I don't know but uh (laughs) but so I've heard good things. I'm terrible at it. I need some work. It's a lot more thorough. It's not just pictures and like a short bio that like you have to answer questions. I'll be like, what's your best first date idea? And I think right now mine says like, go buy me a plant and set up an Instagram account for it, which is on the way, by the way. If I can't get a girl to come with me and do it, I'm still going to do it by myself. So get ready for that because I'm going to have a bunch of hilarious plant puns coming your way soon um which i'm super excited about plus like i'm terrible at instagram like if you look at my profile i have like six pictures and they aren't good and like i put on my story i I put a bunch of things on my story and i'm better at that part now that was like a new development over the last couple of months honestly that's just where i like tag all the football players in the videos i take and now basketball players now it's basketball season like pregame go down take some videos katie really loves to rap into the camera and so KD, like, I'll hold the camera and he'll, like, come do his thing. He'll, like, catch a warm-up pass, like, one-handed turnaround, whatever song's playing. A lot of, like, uh, 
Gunna, little baby. I think the baby. I've heard someone too. Um, he'll like come up rap, and I post that, and I take it on. And if I take him in it, then he can put it on his story. He likes that, so I did that stuff for him. And like Visca sometimes does. He's a little more picky about what he puts on his story. Um, you know, Aaron Maddox back in the day had some. Um, oh, uh, Evan and Davis Price when they had their moment after Evan hit the game winner against Stanford, his time expired. I had like the video of him running into his brother at the first time, like the first time his brother found him after the scrum when he's like up on everybody's shoulder shoulders. And it was pretty cool. Um, I think actually a lot of law players like hit me up now. Um, I'm, I'll, I'll say a uh, shot Clayton. Like he DM me was like, Hey, do you know where these guys are like getting these pictures and send me like one of the pictures of recruits I was taking on the sidelines like uh yeah I mean like I take some I post some I don't really have any of you it's like a really weird way to build relationships with these athletes but everybody wants stuff to put on their social media and I do something different like you know I take all those videos pregame because they get a lot of likes on Twitter and that's part of my job is being good at Twitter and uh I don't know it's it's a uh, weird thing but the point is my stories on instagram have gotten a lot better because i spend a lot of time doing that kind of stuff and so it's kind of like full and when you're consistently posting it's a lot easier to consistently post i'm just having trouble with the actual posts so i'm thinking i'm going to learn to transition by buying some sort of fern i'm not sure exactly what kind of fern some sort of fern and uh and and starting an instagram account for it which i think would be a lot of fun and it'd be even more fun if i could involve a woman um did you oh i've also tried bumble hate it tinder is just like classic that's the name everybody knows and that's why i go with it i'll have to try hinge i keep getting told like like the people who i know and i'm like wow yeah i should spend more time with people like you they all say like yeah my 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 friends are all on hinge and i was like yeah well that probably means i should be on hinge Okay, that's still, this whole segment's like dating apps. Um, Oh, football, yes. Uh, the plan for these was to go quickly through the non-football questions, non-sports questions, and spend more time on the sports questions. And so far, that isn't happening. But this will take a second. So do you think Utah is actually a playoff team? Love this question. I really love this question. Um, especially because today was supposed to be the day that Dre and I get to talk about college football as a whole, like talk about, you know, Ohio state and LSU and what's going on up at the top. Like is Alabama even going to make the playoff? All those really fun, big questions as much. I mean, I actually prefer talking about the buffs just because I feel like there's a lot more I can contribute as a, a, a beat writer. Like my entire job is knowing as much as I possibly can about Colorado football and then the other sports as well, especially men's basketball. We're about to get heavy into men's basketball here, and I'm really excited for that. But it is kind of fun to like change things up and have people ask me my takes. You know, like at this point, I have a tough time holding back. I was at Blake Street Tavern last night um, because that's where I always am, and I will actually be there tonight. It's going to be too late for you guys to listen to this probably, but the Nuggets guys are doing a live show. It's the first time we've ever done anything like this. Uh, like the DMVR Nuggets podcast is going live with our four guys. I think like on like some sort of stage talking, they're going to have like interactions with fans. They're going to get fan takes react. They have like games planned to do on the show. I think it's going to be a video show 
and we're doing a bunch of giveaways, like giving away awesome stuff, like gift cards with all of our partners, of course, shirts, of course, but like a pair of tickets, six rows up at center court. Like, I think the price on them is like $406 and 406 is the area code for Montana. So I felt like that was a good sign that I was going to win those. And then I was told that actually, as somebody who works for DNVR, I can't win, but I'm still going anyway because the rest of it sounds fun too. Hopefully I'll see some of you there. I've actually heard from a couple of you that you guys are going to be there, but, uh, those are the opportunities for me to say things that I can't necessarily say publicly, you know, like the inside info. There are like a whole bunch of different lines, like some things I can never tell anybody. Some things I can be like, Hey, here's something I've been hearing from somebody, you know, um, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Hopefully you guys can get to some future events. Hopefully they let me do a live video show. Just me. I don't, I think, I think it just get really weird, especially with like people watching me. I don't know how it go. It'd be like the airport show. Okay. We got it. We got to keep moving though. We really got to keep moving. Um, the question was, do you think Utah is actually a playoff team? I have not even begun to answer that question. Uh, the answer is, well, now I'm not so sure. The answer is no. The answer is no. But I don't think that they're getting enough credit still. It's like a, it's like a barely no. It isn't that, where are they now? Are they eight? Are they seven or eight now? Eight or nine? They're, they're, they're like somewhere in that seven to nine range. And I think that that's fair. I think a lot of people think that they're overrated. I don't I don't think that there's really anything they could do. Like Alabama loses to Auburn or something. Utah wins out. I still think you, you probably include Alabama before you include Utah. You probably don't include Alabama at all. You, you pick four other teams, but I don't think that that would be enough for Utah to move up. There is a little bit of a separation there, specifically a separation between the top three and uh, maybe four through six. I think I would include Oregon in that next year. I think Oregon could be a real playoff team. Um, anybody who isn't LSU, Ohio State, or uh, I don't know, Clemson. I don't even know if I include Clemson up there at the top anymore. Uh, they're getting beat in the first round. I don't know. Ohio State and LSU should be the championship. I think those are the two best teams. As much as I love the playoff, I have kind of thought, you know, do we really need it this year? Can't we just see that those are the two teams that need to play? Go back to the BCS. It's not that. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think that they should, of course. Like, the playoff is just too much fun. But at the same time, I do think we already know who the two best teams are. Um, yeah. There is that Clemson, Georgia, Bama, uh, who a couple other teams you could throw in there. But the thing about Utah is that Utah just plays ugly football. And... That's something that I don't think voters will respect as much. It works in the NFL. You know, we do a lot of Broncos callbacks on this show just because that's the thing that I am qualified to talk about. But if you go back to the Broncos Super Bowl season, that was an ugly football team. Not just a defensive football team. Like, Ohio State's a defensive football team. They can do a bunch of other things, too. Their offense is very good. But they aren't an ugly team. And I think that maybe it's that lack of offense that really makes it an ugly team. Um... And even the way the defense works, like it's just mean. It's just a grind it out. It isn't flashy. It isn't speed. You know, Chase Young, very good football player, but he's he's kind of carrying that defensive line. It's not that the other guys who are rushing the passer aren't good. It's just that he is a very clear 
top guy and he has that flash to him. But then you look at a team like Utah where, you know, like Lakai Fotu, you know, they th- these aren't these big name guys, but they still generate the pass rush. Um, they have that depth throughout the defense. It's a very, very good defense, but they don't really have that name recognition anywhere that you have with, you know, when you watch Ohio State, you watch that defense, you just know number one, number two, those are really good players. Jeffrey Okuda and uh, Chase Young, both first-round NFL guys, both top 10 guys maybe this year in the draft. Like, you just have that flash of the defense that resonates better than just a solid defensive effort does. That's why I don't think they get quite as much respect nationally. Plus their offense is ugly. Again, that's maybe what more is reminiscent of the Broncos offense. They ride the running backs. They just grind it out. They play that tug of war style of football. Just I mean, Mel calls it complimentary football. I'm halfway through writing a thing just about this. But what they try to do is you know, gain more yards with their offense than they allow on the other side. And that's what you do. You go back and forth. Utah possession, opponent possession, Utah possession, opponent possession. Utah finally gets in a field goal range, kicks the field goal, and you start all over with a kickoff. And you just go back and forth, and consistently throughout the game, you have four or five of those battles, and Utah wins those battles. It's almost like volleyball, sort of, the way it just goes back and forth. You win the set. I don't know. Um, It isn't like Joe Burrow throwing bombs. It's not like Alabama having three incredible receivers who are making plays and getting open, getting down there. It's it's a much uglier brand of football. Plus, it's on the West Coast. I mean, but not even really that. Like, if they were close to L.A., they would get a lot more recognition for what they're doing. But instead, they're in Utah. Kind of the middle of nowhere in terms of media attention. And that 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 really, really does hurt them. Um, and it creates this feeling that Utah is actually a fraud and, uh, they aren't a fraud. They deserve to be where they should be, but they also still aren't quite the caliber of football team as that Ohio state, that LSU. Um, so to answer the question, is it a playoff team? It's not a playoff team, but it's just outside the playoff. It's not overrated. It's not overhyped. Like, there this anti utah sentiment would have you believe um that's probably enough of that um before we finish michael's uh comment or questions his list of questions i'm going to uh tell you about one of my favorite beers and while this loads because i don't i feel like i still feel like it's cheating for me to stop talking and like pause the thing because that's just not how it works um but before, <laughs> before i actually tell you about um the beer that i'm supposed to tell you about and this loads i'm going to tell you that i took my roommate to blake street tavern last night and he tried the united and orange for the first time and loved it he said that it was his favorite beer that he's ever had at Blake Street Tavern, not just at the Breck beers, but of any beer which is interesting because that isn't one of my favorites i've had him try some of the others um just goes to show that for every taste, there's something that some that you will like. Uh, I'm supposed to tell you about the Avalanche, which is also a great beer. I went to the Rockets game with a couple of friends, including our guy, RK. And you know what RK had while he was there? Uh, I think he had a box of Milk Duds and an Avalanche. 
a classic pairing and feel free to roast him for that and i, I think he'll love that um obviously he likes the avalanche that's why he got it that's why um i like to get that beer instead of like a coors light a bud light um we also went down breckenridge has like a little restaurant type thing in pepsi center down below which i'd never been inside i thought that it was like a cool thing but it was like yeah it's probably just you know the spot but they have like log walls like log split in half it doesn't feel like you're in an arena it feels like you're just in like a big cabin but it's kind of like maze like which makes it feel really big but also cozy like everything's just a little bit tight um especially when it's like packed after the game um didn't slow down the service i will shout them out for that ryan was wearing his like we, we all have a bunch of breckenridge swag and ryan was wearing like his uh breckenridge gray down jacket that i almost wore and he was like wearing it inside the bar which is a little bit weird i don't mean for this to be like a roast rk thing i'm probably gonna go apologize to him when i see him at the nuggets show tonight um before he has a chance to listen to this but yeah i mean the point is breckenridge is awesome the avalanche is awesome it's just like a better version of like a classic american amber ale beer um so check it out definitely check it out uh next up i want to tell you about our great friends at total beverage um you guys probably know most of this by now because i tell you about total bev a lot but here's the deal you get 30 percent off your order of 75 dollars or more your purchase doesn't have to be an order uh if you use the code bsn 2019 it's a great deal you should definitely be using it they're already low prices you get a steal like i have just never seen anything like this from a liquor store and they have so many options they have so many breckenridge beers they it's like a warehouse i always have to ask for directions every time i'm in there and i think that i'm in there enough at this point that they like i don't know i, I got self-conscious last time because i was like i know i've asked this guy where i can find this like multiple times and he did give me like a little bit of a look after like dude <laughs> what what the hell um but yeah there's so many options it's awesome you should check them out they'll deliver it to you anywhere in the denver metro area i don't know what more you could ask for locations in westminster and thornton just just do it okay uh sports though well actually maybe sports depends on oh this is a good question back to michael harrison which cu footballer would you want to take to the zoo that's a really tough question. I mean, I feel like taking Mel anywhere would be a lot of fun just because of like his, he, he's just so cool. Like he's so cool. cool. Like he's going to show up to the zoo in like some crazy shoes. He's going to bring like, I don't like, like a Gucci bag with him or something like that. And I just don't even know what his takes on animals would be. Like, what happens, like, if you walk with him up to the camel exhibit and you're just like, hey, Mel Tucker, what do you think of camels? That could go so many different directions. I, I honestly don't know. He might hate it. He might love it. I think no matter what, you learn a lot about him. Like, he's just that kind of, like, laid back, almost, like, not secretive, but just very... <sighs> he thinks through every word he's going to say. And I just think there's so much potential for it to be really interesting to hear what he would have to say. Like, what what is Mel Tucker's favorite animal even? I I might have to ask him that. If if they win, 
because we don't get to talk to him until after this Washington game. Maybe Saturday night I'll ask him what's... No, I can't ask him. There are too many people there to ask Mel what his favorite animal is. People would think that I'm like that dumb media guy who's just like looking for sound, but which I guess I kind of am. But I think a lot of the time that those questions are hollow. Like, Mike Leach, what do you think of cargo shorts? Like, you're just like... Okay, we all know. Like, you're just trying to get him to say something stupid. But for me, I legitimately want to know what Mel Tucker's favorite animal is. But I don't think I could get that to show through. At some point, though, I will try to figure that out. Um, if choosing Mel Tucker to take the to the zoo is off limits, then it gets a bit tougher. Um, Alex Kinney, I still haven't had a chance to talk to him about his hair. I think that he's kind of a funny guy. I think it'd be interesting to see him at a zoo. And I think that more than anything, I'm looking for kind of that almost goofy personality. Um Ah, that's, that's really, really hard. I don't know. I feel like anywhere you take Katie and Visca, it's going to be a lot of fun. Like, I, I don't know. I feel like they can enjoy anything. Um, it is tough. It is really tough. James Stefanow saying all the animal names in an Australian accent is something that I would really enjoy. Um, Ah, I don't know. Oh, it's Alex Fontenot. It's Alex Fontenot. He is the man you want to take to the zoo. Um, just his attitude. He's, uh, I don't know how to explain it. I mean, I know how to explain it, but it almost, it's, like, I don't want to say, like, I, I'm trying to think of a nice way. He's, he's just, like, a super chill guy. Like, you bring him out there, he's just going to be like, oh, yeah. He was the one who, like, early in the season was saying, I asked him, like, what are you most excited for this year? And Alex said, uh, I'm most excited to travel. And I was like, what a what a strange response. You don't get many football players who would say that. They're like, I want to go out and be, I want to, I want to run for a thousand yards. I want, you know, that kind of stuff. But for him, it was like, I want to see all these different places. And so then I was like following up with him every week. Like, what did you think of Oregon? What did you think of Arizona? What did you think? And I haven't followed up with him in a while. I might have to ask him what his favorite trip is after the end of the season. But um, I feel like a guy like that who is a little more, I don't know, his he really does like football but he has other things going on as well and he is kind of like a chill like let's go to the zoo guy you know um i think he would be my choice i would love to take alex Fontenot to the zoo um that was a great question and it took way too much time um what kind of gum is your new go-to i actually need a new go-to for gum i picked up a pack of extra because um well honestly because it said winter fresh on the front and in a gum what i'm most looking for is that cold feeling like i'm not sure if it actually makes my breath smell any better but something about like when your mouth just feels all cold you're like oh my, my breath smells incredible right now and i just knew that winter fresh you know the word winter famously when it's cold outside uh would make my mouth feel cold like that which is a feeling i enjoy I seriously need to expand though, and there are so many different options for gums. I want something minty. I think like I don't. I'm not looking for juicy fruit. Like I know that some people think that I'm a child, but as great as that sounds, I actually drink a lot of Mio and Crystal Light. Like I, I hardly even drink water anymore. You just give it a little squirt of that stuff, and it's all just some chemicals that make everything fruity. But I don't need that in my gum. I want my gum to make my teeth smell. It'd be nice if they were. Like if, if the gum actually kept my mouth clean, um, whatever the best gum is like all around health wise, 
not just sugar messing up my teeth. Ooh, almost sore twice. Uh, and then uh, also giving me that cool minty feeling and incredible breath. If you have a good gum that hits all three of those categories, I will pay whatever it takes. Um, what's your favorite drink at Starbucks? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, it's either cold brew or Americano. I just get like the biggest one, the cold brew. They let you get the train to, uh, the, the Americano, they let you get the bainty. And then I just like to pound that just black. Uh, don't need anything else in it. Um, just get it in me, you know? But then also today they had like the two for one happy hour on, um, what they call them handcrafted drinks, which I had to Google. It means when they put in an ingredient that isn't just coffee, it's not just brewed, you then throw a shot of syrup of some sort in there. And so I actually tried the macchiatos again. Um, I'm not sure if I've actually said this. I don't know. I have some strong feelings about macchiatos. Um, before I had this podcast, I think it was subbing on the Broncos podcast when Zach was out of town. I'd gotten a macchiato just not knowing what it was. I was like, that looks like a good sort of coffee. I'd never had one before. Turns out that's just where you let the syrup sit in the bottom. And so depending on where you put the straw, if you put it at the top, it's all coffee taste. If you put it at the bottom, like you push the straw all the way down to the bottom, then it's just straight syrup. And that totally caught me off guard because it's just like this little just slime going up into your mouth. Hated it. But then today I was like, okay, I got to try something handcrafted to take advantage of this deal. And so I figured I'd circle back to that because some of those coffees are like 600 calories when you get the big ones. Did not need that. So instead I had two of those Bainty Macchiatos. So much sugar. Probably shouldn't have done that to myself. Also the ca caffeine if you hadn't noticed. But uh, yeah, I, I like them a little bit better now. Uh, I think they put like a whole bunch of whipped cream in the top and it gave me less coffee. Not sure. Um, longer answer than you probably wanted. I go with the Americano. If, if you want, like, I don't know. I like the cold brew as well. Cold brew, you can also get the vanilla sweet cream cold brew. I, I tend to just go like, it's like five calories or 10 calories or something like that. If you get the Americano, just straight black. But if you want to go cold brew, which is also very good for you, I guess, outside of like making it feel like you're on drugs. If you drink too much of it, like the, the fun, no, oh, I shouldn't say, but, um, yeah, you can get the vanilla sweet cream cold brew and it's kind of this in between. It's not like super sugary, but it's also not just black coffee. Those are my thoughts on Starbucks. Definitely get the app, get the stars. Definitely just use Strava Craft instead. Um, and we'll come back to that in a couple minutes. Um, that's it for Michael Harrison. Moving on to Peter Martin. What's the recipe look like for CU to come out and earn the victory on senior day? Okay, this is going to sound oversimplified, but here's what it is. Just don't make mistakes. We finally saw against Stanford what happens when you play clean football. You can you can beat good teams. You can hold them to no points. Again, what Mel Tucker wants to do is very similar to what Utah does. Play that ugly football. Just don't make mistakes. Don't turn the ball over. Make opponents go the length of the field. Go back and forth, back and forth, tug of war. Don't give up yards on the penalties on either side of the ball. Just play clean football. Turn it into a chess match for the coaches. Let the coaches decide who wins. Just do your job. It's so simple. And good football teams are good at that. They take all of the human error out of it on the field. And it just means that the coaches can just do their job, grind down the field, give up less yards than you gain. And all of a sudden you pull out a victory. That's how it works. Uh, if you pull a couple turnovers, you break a couple big plays. That's great. But it's more important to not 
give the other team those things. We saw that against Stanford. We saw them actually play a very clean football game. They did what they wanted to do. That's what the buffs are going to look like consistently three years from now. I am still convinced. That's all it is. That's all they need to do to beat Washington. And I know, I mean, it's going to be hard to do because the, 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 the margin for error is slimmer. It's, it's easy to make mistakes against good football teams because, I mean, when I say just do your job, make the tackle when you can make the tackle. Like, that's it. Be in position. They'll put you in position to make that tackle. But it's, it's a mistake to miss a tackle on some, like, like, if I was on the field, I had the ball for some reason, probably for some good internet content, um... It's a mistake if you miss the tackle on me. And it's also a mistake if you miss the tackle on LaVisca Chenault. Like, that's where that human error can be changed. That's where good teams have that advantage. They force more errors from the other team. That's where you just want... I mean, you don't need your talent. You don't need your on-field players to be doing all those things, forcing missed tackles, you know, breaking away, getting... You know, you don't need those huge things you just need them to do their job but if they can do those things that's great and that's where you see very very good football teams like LSU Alabama for the last few years it's been exactly that everybody does their job and then they're actually able to make a couple plays on top of that and that's how you become an incredible football team um a lot of what we've seen from LSU this year very similar but uh yeah if they come out this don't allow the big plays again they don't turn the ball over they don't get called for penalties I think that they are right in this game down at the very end. LaVisca has a big day, then boom. That's what puts you over the edge. Um, Again, that's a lot to ask because asking, I mean, KJ Trujillo at 165 yards to bring down this very, very strong group of uh, receivers and uh, running backs. Tight end. Oh, yeah. You know, they have guys. They make it. They they do force mistakes on the field. Yeah. that's it's just two parts. It's the chess match from the coaches as long as the players don't make mistakes. And if the players can force mistakes on the other side based on their play, then all of a sudden you're in good shape. That's what every football game comes down to. And the reason we haven't broken it down like that before is that we've never seen the Buffs play clean enough football for the game to be thought of as that simple. And they did on Saturday. They run it back. They'll be in it. Um, here's my advice. Bet on Washington to win the game. Bet on CU to cover. 14 and a half points is too many. Um, we'll dig into that tomorrow, though. Specifics uh, for this game, which I am so excited for. I'm so excited for. Uh, what do you think is the basketball's uh, basketball team's toughest non-conference uh, game besides KU? Uh, that's a good question. That's a really good question. I mean, all these have been really good questions. They've all been a lot of fun. Um there are different ways to look at it. I want to start by saying I do think that this is a very, very good schedule for Colorado. I think that this schedule worked out to be pretty much perfect um, in that you're playing a lot of your non-conference games against fringe tournament teams, teams that are that are good, but they aren't great. That means you should beat them, and I think that this Buffs team will beat them. Meanwhile, you throw in a Kansas in there, a team that you probably shouldn't beat, but it gives you some upside potential. I really like, I mean, none of these games, I, I guess there are a couple that are easier. You know, they're, knock on wood, they're going to beat Wyoming and Sac State um, in the next couple games. 
So there are a couple of easier ones, but sure, take a break. I don't know. You can justify that. A lot of these games, though, against teams that were in the tournament last year could fight for the tournament this year, but also aren't as good as CU. Um, Love that. Really love that. It's tough to pick a toughest. I think UC Irvine was in that conversation. I think that they get underrated. I think that the way their big men play makes them tough to beat, especially for a team like Colorado that is still working Dallas Walton into the rotation. We'll see what happens. A little rough. Also was a couple bounces away from not being so bad. Um, Northern Iowa is right up there. I think Iona has to be right in that conversation. Dayton is on the road. And so what I was really looking for, I was going through, and I did spend a couple minutes thinking about this. I wanted a road game, but their road games aren't that tough. Uh, I mean, again, outside of Kansas. I guess you can call Wyoming. They're playing in Vegas. They'll either play TCU or Clemson in Vegas. Um, At Kansas at Colorado State, and they're playing Dayton in Illinois, which is obviously a lot closer to Ohio than here. Um, I think I'd go Iona. I think I'd go Iona for, uh, I mean, basketball-related reasons for sure. It's a very good basketball team. Um, But also, you were playing that game three days before you play Oregon. So there's, there's a real chance that the mind is slipping. At that point, you're kind of worn down. You're just getting back from the holidays. Uh... I'm not sure whether they get... I mean, they must get Christmas off. I'm not sure. I'll figure all that out. But I think I think being a couple days after Christmas makes it a little bit tougher to predict whether they're going to be able to get up for that game. Meanwhile, they also have another game, their first conference game at home against the team that was picked to beat them by five points, 293 to 288 in the preseason Pac-12 poll. Iona is the toughest. I think Iona is the toughest. I want to hear your guys' thoughts too because I think there are some options. Again, Kansas, definitely the toughest. But behind that, I really like how they picked this caliber of team. Teams that are pretty good wins when you get down to tournament time. A a few of these teams are going to be tournament teams. Those are going to look good on the resume. And they're also giving themselves the potential to have a pretty stellar non-conference record because there aren't you're only playing one Kansas caliber team. Okay. Um, finishes off with what is your favorite flavor of Red Bull? The answer is blueberry. Blueberry Red Bull, very good. Um, I don't know. It, it, not too much Red Bull flavor, I think, is what really does it for me. Um, that's it from Peter Martin. Moving along to Nicholas K. Geyer, who he might be there tonight. I bet he might be there. I haven't heard from him, but I bet. He seems like the kind of guy who's going to be at our Nuggets watch party. Or not watch party, live show. First time we've done anything like this. Hopefully it goes well. And I, don't, I keep thinking, like, what happens if I get a live show at Blake Street Tavern? I don't know. Hopefully we get to that point, though. Um, who has been the most fun to cover on the buffs? That's another really good question. I think that that's right up there with my favorites. That's definitely right up there with my favorites. Um... Mel, obviously, has been a blast to work with. Like, he just, you you can tell. You can tell that he's the type of guy who's going to do something big. Hopefully, it's at Colorado. Hopefully, he doesn't, like, get off to a rough start and end up switching off. I don't think it's going to happen. I have a lot of faith in Mel. But you can just tell that he is the kind of smart guy, powerful guy, understands people, that CEO type. 
Like if if he wasn't if he wasn't the uh, a football coach, he would be the CEO of some massive company. I am sure. Um, if he ran for president, not knowing his political beliefs at all, I would vote for him. Okay, maybe that's a little too far. But but like he's that kind of guy. Um, that's been fun for sure. Also, he took us out to lunch, so that part was fun. Free food gives him a leg up over all the people who haven't given me free food. Um, so he's definitely in the running. I think you have to mention LaVisca Chenault. Um, interesting guy for sure, but also just an incredibly talented football player. The most talented football player I've ever been around. Um, you got to be thankful to be working with talented people in every sort of your job, whether it's, you know, all the people at DNVR who are very good, come up with great ideas, do that kind of stuff. Like you have to appreciate that. And then when you're outside, just getting a chance to watch LaVisca warm up every game, you know, that's something that will never leave me. Seriously. Like when I retire, hopefully like 40 years from now, hopefully I don't get canceled or something before then. Um, I, I'm not going to forget what it's like watching that man who's just like six foot two, all muscle running around catching balls with one hand with that hair. Like it's something special to get to see that up close. And I don't take that for granted. Um, Mikhail Onu, I've really enjoyed talking to every chance I've gotten. I think that Aaron Maddox was also that way before he transferred or decided to transfer, enter the transfer portal, left the team. But Mikhail, again, very bright guy. Um, We've gotten to hear about his life a little bit as well and some like off the record situations. And, you know, I mean, he has stories that I just don't have coming from my background. You know, I grew up in the Flathead Valley, Northwest Montana, kind of a resorty area. My parents are attorneys. Uh, I think, I'm not sure what the percentages are now, but they're in Flathead County. Um, the county I grew up in, obviously, I, th- I think that of the 75, 80,000 people there, it, I think it was 99% white, 1% Native American. No, it was 97% white, 2% Native American, 1% everything else. So like just hearing about what's happened with his family, what is happening with his family, it's, I don't know. I've appreciated that he's been willing to talk with me about that kind of stuff. And I wish I could give you guys details, but again, off the record stuff. Um, at the same time, great, great football mind as well. Uh, he really understands the game. I really appreciate how he is willing to talk me through things. Because as much as I enjoy football, and I know a lot about football because my job is knowing football, and it's because it's something that I really care about. You can't substitute being in a meeting room with people who are getting paid millions of dollars to coach football. Like doing that every day gives you a much different perspective than, you know, finding a website where you can download playbooks and see them. You know, it's just different. And Mikhail has bridged some of those gaps for me. And he just likes to talk about football. And I like to talk about football. So I think he'd have to be my choice. Um, Definitely going to be sad to see him go. Would not be surprised if he's a guy who sticks somewhere at the next level um totally total faith in him to do something productive whatever that may be um after his time at cu is up 
<laughs> and the crazy thing is the first time I talked to him, I would not have guessed that, you know, cause, cause I, I was doing the story about classes starting and, uh, maybe this was the second time it was early on before I really knew all that. I'm trying to think of the order of our conversation, but, um, the classes were starting up. I talked to aromatics and I was like, so how, how do you feel about this? And he's like, Oh, I'm so excited to get back to class. I am so excited. And the next day I, I talked to Mikhail and I was like, are you excited? He's like, Nope, not at all. I already graduated. I'm not really into this anymore. I'm over. I just, I'm taking the minimum amount of credits. I'm here. I just want to play football at this point. I've done all the school I, I want to do. And I was like, well, Aaron said he's excited. And, <laughs> and Mikhail just said, he's lying. And I just really appreciate how real that was where, a, a, you know, a lot of people in their shoes, they've rightfully are worried about their image and want to say you know what i'm here to be a student athlete yeah i don't know I, i'm i'm legitimately going to miss mikhail and lavisca and uh a, a bunch of the other seniors it's gonna be weird not having them to go to to talk about buffs football um let's take another quick break oh i'm not supposed to call it a break um let me tell you about the best coffee, the type of coffee that I should be drinking instead of Starbucks coffee, and that is Strava Craft coffee. It's great stuff for so many different reasons. Um, it's CBD infused, which means that not only do you get the caffeine rush, and I, I mean, it doesn't give you the jitters. I, I'm kind of into the jitters. I think it makes me more entertaining when I'm like twitchy and two macchiatos, I will tell you right now, will do that to you. Um, yeah, it, it doesn't. And for the adults here whose job isn't to just be kind of a psycho for an hour, um, yes, definitely use Strava Craft Coffee. If you have back pain or arthritis or any of that stuff, it helps that too. It's good coffee. It's basically magic like CBD is. And it's not psychoactive, so you don't have to worry about, you know, a lot of people drink coffee at work, I've heard. So they, you don't get high by drinking it at work. You're still just a very good worker, even better because your depression may be cleared up if that's what you have. Um, yeah, you get 20% off if you use the code HYD20. Uh, great deal. They'll ship it straight to your door. I don't know what more you could ask for in, in a cup of coffee. So check them out. Definitely check them out. Um... Moving along to Silverbuff. Love Silverbuff. Uh, he says, how did the Tinder game improve in Montana last weekend? So here's the thing. You know, I really enjoy using Tinder in different places because it just gives you a, a, a very well-rounded view of yourself. You know, I know what kind of girl in Denver is interested in me. I know what kind of girl in Oregon is interested in me. I know what kind of girl in LA. And it just, you know, it kind of like shows you what the difference is. I don't know. I don't know. I went up to Montana. I didn't use it as much as I was going to. I don't have any great stories. I will say that it was easier to match with girls in Montana than it was in Colorado. That was clear. Um, also, shout out to the Pride and Tradition who commented on, oh no, replied to Silver Buffs. All these different social media words. Um, and said, Tinder game is strong up here, but if you really want to get it, you go to Farmers Only. Love the joke. Uh, never been on Farmers Only. I am not a farmer. Uh, oh, here's an example. I bought four new pairs of jeans today. None of them are blue. Uh, 
everybody in Montana pretty much wears blue jeans. I have kind of gotten over that. It's in the past for me. The four pairs of jeans I bought range from dark gray to black and from slim tapered to skinny. So not a farmer. And yeah, so there you go. I I will say that I took one of my former Tinder matches who's turned into a very good friend to breakfast on Saturday. She calls it brekkie. Um, I try not to use words like that. But uh, yeah, we had a lot of fun and that is my only real Tinder story. Um, Moving along from Ali Monroy. Hi, my question is, oh, my question for you is, will you be in attendance for the DNVR Nuggets podcast live show? Also go Buffs. And of course I will be. How could I turn that down? It's Blake Street Tavern. It's Breckenridge Beers. It's Brendan Vote, the three Bs in my book. Um, book, also a B word. I'm really excited to go see what they have planned. I have no idea. I have no idea what this is going to be. Um, you guys can watch it from home too. Don't know how. Probably on like, I, b- I bet they're streaming it live on Twitter. And then you can probably uh, see a final version on YouTube. They'll post it. Total guesses on my part. Uh, hopefully some of you will be there. I know a couple of you are. I said that already. Moving along to Mason Gedleman. <laughs> uh, he said, since moving to Denver and starting to cover the buffs, what is your favorite memory? Oh, this is a good one. And I was kind of like... I went through all of these when I was back in Montana, just because like when you go home, it's kind of like, oh yeah, this is what life is supposed to be. Not doing all the really cool things that all the really cool people at DNVR let me do and pay me to do. And so it's kind of like a reflecting point. Also Thanksgiving I've heard is when you're supposed to be thankful for things. So I'm going to try to do that again. But yeah, like I was going all the way back and I was like, I'm excited for this Montana Weber state game. How is it going to compare to some of the games I've gotten to see? Um, and what I came away with was that being at Broncos Stadium down on the field is something that I couldn't imagine was ever going to happen to me. Ever since I realized that I was not going to be tall and fast and strong and uh, like mean, I guess, and that the NFL wasn't in my future and I stopped thinking that I was going to be an NFL football player that whole thing kind of died. And I was like, you know what? It's cool. You know, my, my grandpa had season tickets. I don't think I've talked about this too much on this podcast. Uh, I talked about a little bit more on the Broncos podcast, especially when uh, Pat Bolin died. Uh, my grandpa died of Alzheimer's the day after Pat Bolin did. Um, and so it was like this weird connection, especially because obviously my Broncos or my grandpa's a big Broncos fan. He's had season tickets since the eighties. We came down from Montana once a year, twice a year, to go watch a game with him awesome seats like upgrade over the years and now they're awesome like really awesome and so I've spent a lot of time in that stadium but to be down on the actual field was pretty weird honestly after being in those seats for so long like I've probably been to 25 Bronco games in my life and to be on the field was something else um Especially because, like, Von Miller's there, Bradley Chubb's there, Bull Bull's there, um, LaVisca Chenault is there, which was also pretty cool. Um, Phil was there. It was it was awesome. I think that that has to be right up there. But then again, like, the Nebraska, the Nebraska win, that field going overtime, that doesn't have the same sentimental value to me as it does to a lot of you. 
but it was an incredible sports moment. Um, so that's a close second. And it obviously the value is kind of growing as I've become one of you and you guys helped me do that. But, but the Broncos, uh, being on that, being on that field, being in the press box, walking through the tunnel, like it was, it was just a cool moment for me. It was a very cool moment for me. Um, okay. Uh, moving along Mark's cool tweets. Who's at a buffs tailgate DNVR Blake street tavern. Oh wait, no, no. It's a DNVR buff slash Blake street tavern tailgate pregame, which there will be Saturday. I should say, um, Saturday before the game, we'll be out there a few hours before, maybe even earlier, considering it's an eight o'clock game. Look on Twitter. We'll post the details on Twitter. Obviously Blake street tavern brings food. So if you just are hungry, you don't even want to talk to me. You can just be like, Hey, I listened to your podcast and want the free food. And I'll just say, yeah, right there, do your thing. And you can take the free food. There's also alcohol. There's a flabongo, which is, um, one of my favorite things in the world. Uh, basically it's a lawn flamingo, but you know, lawn flamingos have like a hole in the bottom. So that, like the air gets out, I guess. I, I don't know why it's there, but basically you pour a beer into the lawn flamingo through that hole and then you cut off the flamingo's mouth and drink the beer through the flamingo's mouth, making it a flabongo. That's the type of stuff we do. And while you do it, you sing the fight song. Well, you don't. You have the flamingo mouth in your mouth. But everybody around you does. And then like all the people on Franklin Field are like, what are they doing? They look like they're more fun than us. Sometimes Rick George like gives us a big smile. Um, it's a good time. Mark's Cool Tweets knows that. And I bet you guys... Uh, you guys should too. You guys should too. Last one of the season. Um, oh, the point is, <laughs> his question is, what's your favorite and least favorite bathroom on CU's campus? So I've used two bathrooms on CU's campus. Uh, there's one in the press box. There's actually no women's bathroom in the press box. It's a problem. It's a big problem. Um, in CU's defense, very few women in that press box. Still should be welcoming to them, of course. But... Uh, we don't need to dig into that. Um, I've used that bathroom, and it's a weird one because there's a urinal in it, and there's also a toilet in it, but I, it's still like a one-person bathroom, but it's kind of set up like a two-person bathroom, and I've always, like, early on, I guess, I just had, like, a weird time trying to decide, like, is it for one person or two people? It's definitely a one-person bathroom. I'm confident now. There wasn't, like, an awkward moment that pushed me in that direction either. By the way, I just want to say that very clearly. Um... So yeah, I've used that bathroom. I've also used the porta potty on Franklin Field. Sometimes when I don't want to deal with the politics of that bathroom and like trying to figure out, you know, because I'm still not like 100% confident, but I've decided what my belief is and I'd rather err on the side of not walking into what somebody thought was a private bathroom. Why, why is there a men's sign if it's a one person bathroom and it could be a man or a woman? I don't know. I don't know. But the porta potties, I will tell you, are much worse even if you get, uh, I guess, especially if you get there at the end of the day, you know, you're there for four hours after the game. The whole campus is empty. It's dark out. The porta potty is at the end of its life cycle. It's about to be reset. I don't want to get into the t details, mostly because I don't know them, but also because I don't even want to think about what happens to get whatever is going on in there out. Um, not good. I don't know where the other bathrooms are on campus. Um, Wish, wish I did. Wish I did. 
I'm a little bit too far in to be asking. Like the athlete, I, I I don't know. I can't just like walk around the athletics building like looking for bathrooms. Like there's too many areas where it's like not where I'm supposed to be. You know, like reporters stay away. I might see something I'm not supposed to see. I don't know. I don't know. I just try not to use one when I go up there. Usually works just fine. If not, I use a terrible porta potty or a very confusing press box bathroom. Uh, again, that was supposed to be a short answer. Got carried away. Um, another question, the final question. Oh, I should refresh this and see if there are any more um, because it has been one. Okay, yeah. Here we go. This question is from MJ at Monstrous Joe. Well, typically what MJ stands for famously, Monstrous Joe. And he asks, did you figure out how to say bagel or are you still a maniac? Well, there was your answer right there. I've put some thought into this now. Um, I think early on when this bagel, 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 bagel debate started, I didn't really know what was going on because Ryan and Ali Monroy and a bunch of other people Specifically, those two in particular like to make fun of my Montana accent. And they said that I say, I used to say bag, but I'm supposed to say bag. And that's really hard for me because I grew up saying bag. And I guess that's a very Montana thing. But I've tried to assimilate by saying bag. And so I just assumed that bagel is also bagel because of the B-A-G, totally wrong, it turns out. Um, a lot of people hated that. Well, actually, I don't know if they hated it. I think they really enjoyed me saying it wrong. Um, I might just buy into Bagel now. It's kind of fun to say. Um, who was it? Was it Cole Cook who said I uh, sound like a sheep when I say it? I, I see it when you point that out. You said it's impossible to unhear. It totally is. Bagel. Um I think I'm going to roll with Bagel, though. I think so. Maybe that makes me a maniac. Okay. Um, these shows are always so much fun because... Oh, wait. At Henry Chisholm is 6'4", y'all to you. I don't understand what that means. That was Cole Cook right there. At Henry Chisholm is 6'4", y'all to you. Oh, is is six foot four tall to you? Oh, that was an autocorrect. It's not supposed to say y'all. It's supposed to say tall. There we go. Uh, is six foot four tall to you? Because yesterday on the podcast, I talked about I have this little thing for uh, people who are tall. Um, again, that sounds weird when I say it, but I just like, I don't know, like when you see a tall person, it's kind of fun is what I'm trying to say. Like you're walking down the street, all of a sudden somebody's like six foot eight and you're just like, whoo, <laughs> no way. Um, and then you go down like the dark path of, you know, that, that person's going to die before me because they are tall. And I try to avoid that thought and just think about how cool it is that people end up that tall and think about what it must be like, whether it's frustrating hitting your head on things or whether you like, you like think of it as a flex. Like I think if I were that tall, I would intentionally run into things that are also tall just to prove the point that I am tall. I would definitely include my height in my Twitter or Tinder bio, maybe my Twitter bio, who knows? But Definitely my Tinder bio because girls are into tall guys. Again, one more perk of being tall. Tall people have everything going for them. They get the attention of the people walking by. I love walking around with my tall friends, even though it makes me look short. The only downside is that they die young, and even that might be worth it. 
I don't know. I think that maybe I'd just be so happy being tall that I wouldn't, I wouldn't have some of the bad habits that I have. Like, it's not that I think I have to drink alcohol to have fun, but at the same time, if I were tall, I think that I would just be having fun all the time. Just be like, yeah, I don't need a drink. Life is good up here. I don't know. Um, to, to answer Cole Cook's question though, is six foot four tall to you? Yes. Yes. That counts as tall. I'm not really sure where the cutoff is. It's that's where it gets into like, I'm probably going to stare tall though. Six, two, six, three. Like I can get over it. I'm not going to make you uncomfortable. Six foot four. I will be making you uncomfortable. Um, my favorite thing is when tall people are evenly proportioned. I think a lot of the time when people are tall, their arms get a little bit long, their legs get a little bit long. Sometimes they're very thin. It's just tough for a body to balance out like somebody who is, you know, five foot ten like I am. Real number. I was measured last week by people who didn't believe me. That's Brandon Spano. And uh, yeah, like like if somebody is actually like six foot eight and just looks like a person. Like if you just took a picture of them with no reference points, like they aren't standing next to like a tree or a basketball hoop or uh, like a car, anything that you have like a general sense of how tall it is, a doorway. If they're just like standing there in front of a blank wall, snap a picture, you get to see the picture and you're just like, oh, I bet that person's five foot ten. But in reality, they're six foot five. That's the kind of tall that really just I don't know. I enjoy it. I enjoy it. I feel like I didn't sound that weird for most of this podcast, but then we had to finish with that. Um, let's cut it off. This has been this has been uh, a good one. We should do this more often. You guys, you know what? You guys should all just sign up. You should all become members at dnvr.com. Every podcast will be just like this because I'll be answering your questions just like this every day. Um, we could make them more about sports. I would get better at making the questions that aren't about sports shorter, or at least my responses to them shorter and the responses to the questions that are about sports longer. We could balance it out and it'd just be a lot of fun. You guys should all become members. Use the promo code Hank and I get points and a company-wide competition. It would mean I get free beer, which I'd 100% share with you guys as Breckenridge beer so you know it's good. Um, that's it. That's it for today. I'm going to turn this off. I got to get to that. I keep wanting to say watch party, but we're not watching anything except Adamara's, Harrison Wind, Eric Weedham, <laughs> and uh, and uh, Brendan Vote. It's going to be so much fun. Hopefully, I see some of you guys there. And if you do, I'll give you a scoop or something because I have things to say. Okay, I'm out. I'll be back either tomorrow, maybe with Dre tomorrow, probably previewing the Washington game tomorrow. Um, hopefully hopefully the Buff soccer team gets a win. That'd be so much fun. They look focused in all their uh, Instagram stories, which is important. You know, Buff soccer account, like, it's very well run. All the social media for that soccer team, very well run. I believe that's Seth Pringle. He does a great job. Definitely follow them um, on Instagram. You're like getting the behind the scenes stuff. Like sometimes I think like Katie Joella, one of the other freshmen were uh, like, they did like a vlog almost for one of the trips. A lot of fun. They look zoned in now though. I'll tell you that I'm bought in. Hopefully you guys are bought in too. I'm just going to stop this now because I can't stop talking. I think they like my Colorado Wait.
pushing 180. Speeding past competence and see you later, baby. Colorado Army with soldiers like the Navy. And voters where we stationed, patiently awaiting. When I hit the field, it's so hard to behave. I'm Colorado swagging as the crowd do the wave. Look into my eyes, I can tell that you afraid. Cause you know we finna hit ya. Hit ya, hit ya. Hey, you on your own now. Why you watching the official? You just better hope you make it to the next whistle. And we ain't playing with you, you can get it anytime. It started at the scrimmage, we gon' win it at the line. My Colorado swag in the middle of the ring. Throwing blows, knocking down team after team. They like my Colorado swag, cause when I'm in that play, I don't really, I don't really know just how to act. And when I'm in that go, you know I'm acting bad. Get a bus with my Colorado swag, my Colorado swag, my Colorado swag. I think they like, I think they like my Colorado swag, my Colorado swag, my Colorado swag. Man, I swear, I think they like my Colorado swag. Have you ever seen a ram? Nine bow to Colorado. Buffalo is what I am. All the teams come and follow. When I start, hit the field. The opposing crowd swallow. Cause they know I'm about to kill. He gon' feel that tomorrow. Whole team full of war. Got me feeling tribal, Big 12, here we come, we ain't worried about arrival. If you want it, come and get it, we'll wait for your arrival. When you hit this frozen field, man, it's all about survival. Why you make it, why you make it, yeah, you better bring your Bible. Crack back, blind side, flat line, no revival. Get them bust, get them bust, mess them up, we say we got them. If we don't, then we'll get them. When we see them, then we have them. like my Colorado swag, cause when I'm in that play,